All right. Two of us again. Uh, you know what, Mia? I'm not sure if it's because, you know, are we doing less important things than other people? Or I don't, you know, it, uh, anyways, I enjoy the time with you. Glad to be here. Um, and my name, as, as always, still, it's still Tyler, uh, <laughs> CEO of Speak AI. Uh, this is Office Hours. This is the, if, if we have not screwed up the counting, uh, it's, it's number uh, five zero. So 50 episodes in, which is pretty crazy, to be honest. Uh, you know, whatever we learned, whatever, you know, that's, that's a lot of uh, get togethers sitting here, a lot of, uh, you know, great conversations and, uh, good times with uh, with people on the team. So glad you're here today, Nihal. Appreciate it. I know you're uh, in a, a new place. Um, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. exciting. Um, oh, someone's here. <laughs> no? Oh. Still us, sir. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got a, a, a bell notification, so maybe, maybe that was Slack or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely exciting. Uh, this this will probably not be my regular setup once I move in here. I'll probably set up my office back uh, back up there. Uh, but yeah, very excited to be here. Uh, number fifty, big one. I think yeah. I've been here since like twelve, which is I think. Oh probably, wow! Maybe number eighteen, number eighteen yeah. or something like that. Um, so. Pretty wild. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything, you know, specific to, to reflect on there. I just think, you know, maybe to me, one of the things is consistency. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's a big, whether it's been obviously, you know, growth of the company, monthly updates that we've been doing, or just so, sort of committing to having an open discussion every uh, Friday like this, I think is uh, a good thing. And, um, you know, some of these things, one of the things that stuck out to me yesterday, I was so, so I said that the person I talked to, I would say was sort of a you know a really high quality lead who's coming in and looking at you know help using some of our technology. And what was really interesting was he actually listened to a couple of my personal podcasts mm -hmm. uh, before, and that like sometimes you know when you get in a conversation with someone and they're doing all the talking, it's like they've already made up their, like, it's not me yes. selling, it's just, and so I, you know, I guess the little breakthrough of that is like, we've continued to post these on YouTube, but I don't, I think the process of pushing these to Spotify and actual podcast uh, platforms has stopped. And so at one point we need to sort of like upload this backlog uh, into that and make it a little bit more accessible and even for myself. So that was one thing that stuck out um, that while we've consistently pub uh, created or joined here, we haven't necessarily consistently published or, you know, repurposed or reused in the most viable way. Um, Besides, I don't, I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, the world has changed a lot uh, since we first started these podcasts. The company has changed a lot. And, uh, you know, I'm excited that we're all still here, uh, you know, continuing to grow. And, you know, now in 2022 with, you know, one other quick thing that stuck out to me was between a couple of contracts, some of, you know, our ongoing customers, like we sort of have this base company that's set where it's like, it's not like you're starting every year from scratch and you're just like rebuilding enti entirely new revenue streams or products or customers. Uh, that, that base, you know, you always want it to increase more quickly, but to know that that's there, it gives you the confidence that you're building something. So that's something that as I'm looking through 50 episodes, the first episode we ever did was like this tense discussion. I don't even know exactly who we were just like ah, all upset and fired up. And, you know, the, the conversations have changed a lot more about optimization or, you know, um, you know, different kinds of conversations a lot of the time. So I'll stop there. I'm not sure if you have anything that you've uh, sort of observed or thinking about after uh, now from, I'm not very good at math, but 32 episodes, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I think one thing that's been is just seeing the 
maybe progress we've made in terms of how we articulate uh, the different things on our mind. Uh, I think we may be coming to these slightly more prepared. Like I, I think halfway, once we started doing these structured agendas, that kind of changed how we approached these conversations as well. And I, I just feel like as a company too, like we have matured uh, quite a bit, uh, even in you know, like nine months, 10 months that I've been here, which I think is, uh, is pretty neat as well. So hey, your, uh, your beard, your beard has matured. It's like, I know, I was, I was say, <laughs> <laughs> you got a Rick Ross right now. <laughs> it's like my, my mom keeps, uh, like my mom, um, passed, like I walked into my, uh, my bathroom today and there, there was a brand new set of razors just just sitting on my counter and i'm like i wonder what she's trying to tell me just with your name like a sticker with your name <laughs> exactly. on it <laughs> but, but it's fine we'll see uh, like I'll, I'll probably shave it uh, once uh once like you know birds or something start start trying to try to build it so, this is like the playoff uh playoff beer for you as you're preparing to move into the house it's exactly. like yeah, yeah there you go, there you go. beautiful <laughs> Right. I guess um, you have a topic, you know, we've got a little list there. Anything, anything that's sort of catching your eye that you want to go at uh, first? Uh, I, I guess we could start just with a small celebration, uh, you know, closing in on this 3000 user uh, milestone, which is pretty sweet. Uh, and uh, I guess I'm just interested to hear from your perspective, because I, I, like a lot of this growth has come, I'd say in this past year, or like, you know, this past nine months to a year. Uh, and I guess, how has that changed your perception of, you know, the work you're doing, this company you're building, or this company we're building, and how, um, like, how has that maybe changed your conviction to, to this cause? I would say, um... You know, 3,000 is, uh, you know, not a small number. I grew up in a, first of all, in a farm and then a, a, like a village that I think the population was 1,900 people at the time. That was like a, a lot of people. And um, sometimes I think, you know, obviously in this digital world that we live in, it sort of that that's an actual living, breathing person sometimes gets abstracted. Um, but that is like, uh, forget the, the term. I don't know if it's Sonder or what it is, but it's like realization that every person has this complex life that they're living they have needs they have wants they have desires and in some you know insane way they at least came across they had something that aligned with what we were doing at speak and they came and they took a chance to sign up and and test out the platform now out of those about three thousand people not everyone found you know value in the product or you know uses it uh, you know all, all, all the time i would say you know partially is because you know there's this idea of like don't wait until something's perfect to put it out there. Uh, and, you know, I, our, our platform is still that today, um, but especially the first year, was, I wouldn't say the word was horrible, um, but it was not great. Uh, and, uh, you know, and you learn and you learn. Um, for myself, it's like, it's validation that there is a need, there's a market people care about dealing with, obviously audio and video, I think more generally, that there's value in language that people are trying to uncover. And a lot of people want to have the ability to do it, don't necessarily have the technical acumen to do it. And I think that's like, that's, that's a part as I've had some discussions, not I wouldn't say with maybe competitors or like adjacent people in the space is they're really trying to enable the development community to do it and give them the tools, which is a valuable, you know, thing to do. But I really like this idea of that we're giving these tools or the platform to people who 
who don't have the development talent or they don't have the budget to hire the developers. Now, does that create problems? Uh, you know, of course, you need to, um, you know, have the right kind of customers who can grow and sustain the business and, and that. Um, and sometimes focusing on developers helps with that process. But in general, I really connect and, and love communicating with the people who are our customers and who are our users and help them try to solve the problems that they have. So I'm grateful for every person who's ever signed up, whether a friend, whether a uh, uh, competitor investigating our platform <laughs> um, or, or just someone who is trying to, who aligns with what we're doing and trying to solve this, solve this. And I hope 3000 is just the beginning, next milestone. I mean, everything is a milestone, but 5,000, 10,000, um, you know, I hope one day we uh, get an email that says 100,000 people uh, have, um, have signed up and used the platform. So um, yeah, I'm not sure if anything to you add. I'm trying to think, I guess, uh, when you would have, I don't know what our user count was when you started. I don't know if you have that number. I probably have it somewhere, uh, but uh, I we, 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 continue. Have we have a sheet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that, that's good. Uh, definitely exciting. And I think that like to your point, you know, 3000 users isn't, uh, you know, in this new, this world of like VC money and, you know, just like mass outreach and kind of freemium products, like 3000 doesn't seem too, too, too high, but I think considering that we've just been on this upward trend, uh, you know, almost seeing this kind of hockey stick like growth with respect to our user growth even you know to a degree to, uh, with our revenue growth as well so i think that we're we're definitely headed on the right track and as we you know as we find our people more uh, that that'll only continue to get uh, get bigger and stronger i should know the exact month you joined what was the official month you started april april <laughs> april so we're at uh 573 in March. So that's a pretty big jump in uh, a short period of time. Um, but I think this month looks like it's trending to be our, our highest month ever in, in signups, which is great. Uh, so you know, now, I guess, where does that bring us? Um, I guess one of the other topics um, that was in this sort of um, chat, which is Great, you get 3,000 people signed up, but how do you create more value for those 3,000 people? And, uh, you know, for us, one of the best metrics to understand that is, you know, free trial to conversion rate, um, like to actually paying for, for the platform. And, um, you know, we've taken some efforts uh, this, this month, I would say, sort of starting to really prioritize that uh, at the end of 2021. It, you know, always trying to figure out how can you improve this metric and really this idea around rallying around software MRR as the metric that we're, we're trying to, to get and then helping people um, sort of build out, uh, speak the way that they want so that in the end we do, you know, we, we, we increase this bottom line of uh, free trial to, to pay conversion rate. So had a couple of things this month uh, that at least seem we, you know, jumped about 1% uh, at least comparing to, to last month um, uh, for that. And, um, you know, maybe Nihal and I just, you know, as, as, cause what I also think of is like, you know, we're doing this and it's nice to explore this for ourselves. But I also think of if there's ever someone who is trying to like, who like they're the person who I was, you know, a few months ago, it's like how to increase free trial to, to pay conversion rate. You know, what lessons can we learn um, from ourselves? So I'm not sure if you have any like, uh, you know, thoughts of, 
um, yeah, just insights to share as we've gone through this process and then maybe also what we look at moving forward. Yeah, it's, I'd say the kind of first piece of that puzzle is obviously uh, improving your free trial acquisition uh, to start with, which uh, we've done quite success. I mean, based on your number, you know, 5X since, or 6X almost since uh, last March, um, which is which is great. But then I guess the, the next step in that puzzle is also, so now you've 6X, six, six 6X, six X, <laughs> your, your user acquisition. Um, now, how do you, you know, it is tough to obviously convert at the same rate, but even, you know, converting a double or converting a triple. And I think there's obviously work that has been done and can be done on the marketing side uh, that I think, especially at the start of this year, we've, we've tried some new, new things. We've kind of thrown certain playbooks out the window um, and we're, we're, we're trying to really make it as, as, as easy as possible for our, uh, you know, users that sign up to actually invest in the platform and help not only help themselves in the work they do, but you know, the the kind of trust and investment they put in us also enables us to continue to build the platform, improve it, and make it more useful for them. So, some strategies that we've tried uh, to date, uh, I'd say one of them is obviously. Uh, early last year, we tried this whole, like our onboarding, uh, user onboarding that definitely, like, it definitely improved our mindset around how we introduced people to the platform, which I think contributed to uh, growth in user understanding, uh, as well as just conversion. But then at a certain point, once we were actually getting uh, you know, the volume of users coming in, the kind of friction that maybe that the onboarding experience we had initially created introduced into that mix was amplified, right? So obviously when there's a small group, it was like, okay, like 20% of people are like making it through and we're like, oh, that's great. So then as we like, I mean, it was more than 20%, but then as we increased um, the number of people coming through the system, we'd see the rate of failure and the rate of attrition and how many people were actually churning before they even got into the platform. So from that, I'd say one thing to think about there is anytime you do introduce a new um, user experience, anytime you do introduce a new kind of process for your end user to go through, um, really considering the implications uh, as to what your kind of primary goal is. So in, the, in that case, we were trying to introduce them to the like front load the value uh, that they're going to get from the platform but what we found now that that's actually contributed better is actually letting them enter the platform and then slowly introduce them to the parts as they use them right so instead of basically giving them here's 10 things we can do for you it's hey welcome in and then show them each of the rooms that they can visit as they actually uh, kind of walk through the platform so i think that was one big one that has definitely helped us uh up this conversion rate. The second, the uh, uh, I guess we haven't, we don't have finalized data on this, but the attempt at asking people what they're willing to pay for your platform, um, even if it doesn't necessarily line up with what we can offer, uh, it, it gives us a good sense of, you know, uh, are we either undervaluing or overvaluing our platform and what people are able to pay, which I think. Pricing is a huge 
factor too, in terms of, you know, your conversion rate, where it's going to be way easier to get a, you know, 20, 30% conversion rate when you're selling your product for $5 versus, you know, trying to sell a more premium product, uh, whatever that, e even I, I would, I don't know the stats exactly, but I would think going from, let's say freemium to even like five bucks a month is a huge attrition in terms of conversion. And then five to 10 bucks is probably, you know, even more attrition. And then once you start going to the 20, 30, $40 range, um, and then obviously you have your enterprise solutions, like your conversion rate is going to be quite, uh, quite low compared to like just a freemium, freemium rate where your conversion isn't based on, uh, on someone paying to access your platform. So I think pricing strategies and figuring out the best way to approach that with customers, uh, while still obviously trying to make profit, um, has, has been another, another, uh, thing that we've we've tried. And I'm, I'm not sure if, you know, I think this month, at least like you've definitely been quite close to that. And do, do you have any thoughts to that specific, uh, tactic we tried, uh, and your thoughts on how we can maybe, uh, keep it, keep it going, but maybe improving how we deliver that message or how we build that ethos into our, uh, pricing strategy and just product strategy overall. Yeah. Um, that was good. That was a nice little uh, description of everything. Um, one of the things, yeah. So what, what I think, you know, just for clarity, like what Nihal is referring to as this sort of pipeline of when someone signs up, one of the things we're saying is, Hey, these are our standard plans, but we know these don't always fit for everyone. Um, you know, how, you know, is there a way that you're trying to configure our system so that it creates value for you at a price that is, um, you know, uh, sufficient for you to be able to undertake. And hopefully, um, you know, they can input those couple things and we can come back to them with an offer that they actually, you know, that I hope is something that everyone's excited about. Uh, so like, that's been one of the uh, pieces that we've, that we've tried to put together. And I would say one of the insights from that, oh, that's all joining. Um, one of the insights from that was, People want to feel like, even if it's a SaaS solution, they want to feel like they're working with like a partner, even if that's like sort of, you know, uh, superficial or not. Like the idea that we're helping them, hello, that's all. Uh, the idea that we're helping them sort of personalize their plan, that we're real people on the end of this all, uh, that um, they are have their chance to say, here's how I actually need to be served. And, and we respond to that as very valuable, very valuable thing. So that's like one insight that I have, the more we can make people feel like a partner, um, there's more that we can do. And that's any size of sort of contractor relationship that we're, we're building. And um, a couple other quick notes around this, I think are, that's all, nice to see you, sir. Uh, hello, hello. So we're talking right now, basically about, um, so we did a little celebration of 3000 uh, users, sort of upcoming milestone here and a little reflection on that. Um, I appreciate you clarifying that it actually is 3000 users. That was great. Uh, and also basically just how we're, you know, working on this sort of free trial to paid conversion rate and some insights along the journey. So Nihal did a nice little breakdown of a couple of things that he's seen here and then just sort of talked about a couple of things that we did this month. And one part that I just quickly said was, you know, there's a, when we give out this personalized plan offer, I think we're building a little bit better of a relationship with these customers. Uh, and like, you know, I said to me, it almost feels like we're building a partnership. And I, I don't know, because I'd have to look at the attribution, Nihal, but I think my, my gut feeling, which is maybe wrong, is that even the fact that we offered the, the personalized plan uh, sort of thing, maybe not everyone redeemed that, but we actually did then go see people sign up for more standard plans. 
So maybe just the idea that we were giving that out helped create a little bit more sort of, uh, you know, love for, for the team there. Uh, and then led to, led to the, led to the conversion. And then last part that we really did this month was reduce the cost per minute of the transcription and analysis. And by far one of the biggest blockers has been, I want to use your platform, but it costs a lot of money to upload media. And, you know, and in a way when that's when I went, especially when we first built it and part of the ramifications of our, you know, the, the way that we've set up the business and at least, you know, sort of funding and everything to date is this like, we can't afford to just give out these minutes for free. We need to at least at the very minimum break even, but hopefully build some profit around that. And I think what we did in that case was we overvalued that, which transcription analysis, which in a way is becoming, you know, more and more commodified. And there's other people in the space who are making that, you know, any cost over free feel very expensive. So it's not a very fun spot to compete on. And, you know, we, we then started to realize over the last year that our platform is more valuable than just that. And actually getting in the media is the vessel to create more value. So the more that we can, um, you know, make that cost of putting media into the system uh, more accessible, the more value that we can create. So that was another thing that we sort of shared this month. Uh, you know, uh, we're dropping this down to 10 cents per minute, $6 an hour. You know, some people would say that's still too expensive, but when we look at the competitive landscape, I think we're creating a lot of value um, uh, for and to that. The, to that point, I, I would argue, apart from some of the largest players in the space, like uh, from what I've seen, most of them are at that kind of 10 cent mark for automated. And a lot of them are developer enabled ones. So it's like, you still have to go build everything. You know what I mean? So like, that's tough. It's like, great, you've given me an API and it's two cents per minute, but now I have to manage everything myself. And it's gonna cost you a lot to build out what you need um, for, for your application. So we've done that. Uh, we've you know put the effort into the, the platform and the interface so that you don't have to pay for that cost. That's all. Any thoughts from you, Sarah? Don't want you to come in here and then just have to listen to us to go. Uh, no, no, not really. Uh, I just wanted to join on the time, but uh, I was working on a couple of uh, critical pieces here for this production release. Uh, so I felt that was important, uh, but that was done. Uh, and I was just seeing the times like, oh, I still have more 30 more minutes. So yeah, uh, uh, let's continue on, on, on the, this topic or the, what, what did we have next? Yeah, so uh, I guess any, I mean, you are obviously, uh, you know, head of product and development, but you're also very, you know, as a part owner of the company and, you know, very yeah. involved in marketing, you're, you're constantly monitoring, you're putting input, and then, you know, we sort of all get together to share the results of some of our tests and experiments. So I guess just any insights from you this month or over the last year, and then any ideas moving forward to continue to sort of optimize this. Okay, that, uh, there, are, there are a couple of things. <laughs> uh, let me bring it together. Uh, so for example, let's start with this week and in, in the past week, what's going on. Uh, just working on this new changes, which uh, you know believes a lot in that, that's, that's also going to be at the same time like the game changer. We, we, last year, we worked on this custom category and the default category pieces. And uh, I still remember sitting on a couch uh, in the evening uh, at, uh, what was the, uh, at, uh, you know, Bathras. And, you know, that was the day, that was the night that without even building the custom category, we had the idea what that brings to the, the value to the customers. Uh, to be honest, I have the same feeling for this, this whole management piece, what we are building, and also the public media library from the technical perspective, uh, because the depth of this technical challenges and, and the architecture and the technology we are building, 
to create this value is just you know i don't have the word it's like you know just mind blowing to be honest uh because uh, you know because i also wanted to do one probably next week once everything runs smoothly uh the internal discussion about uh, how how does the speak works you know internally just to just to reflect uh that at least to the team you know what what how 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 the dots are connected internally uh, you know to give you the or to at least show you the uh the presentation of behind the scene how it's working so that have the more understanding about how we can create more value to the customer at the end uh so again uh i'm just in the in the deep ocean uh with, with this with this changes and uh that what just makes me uh more excited by seeing uh you know the creation of that happiness or the value on the customer face uh before it goes to the production uh that's what i can say right now um, yeah, and I just quickly to you know touch on that. We will be talking about this sort of shareable media library more. Um, but uh, it took a long time for us to even figure out what this is and like what the value of this. And what I like is it comes directly from what we're seeing as needs in the marketplace. And the other piece that um, you know sort of sticks out to me that I you know it's uh, yeah, just this idea of like what makes speak I've been asking myself this like 10 times better when we look at um you know positioning ourselves in the, the marketplace and you know sort of other competitors and, and other things like that what's our differentiator and what where is there inefficient solutions that we're literally just making so much better that it's it's almost like uh it's undeniable that you at least need to have the experience and test it out and so I think this is part of that um and so you know you walking us through you know I think the complexity on the back end will help us also understand um, why this is valuable. Because even even for a, even for a, say again like a, talent, a bunch of talented developers, you no know, developers are you know developers are expensive. It's going to be time consuming. There's a lot of architecture involved. It's not just it's this is not just easily replicable thing that you're going to build uh, you know in a couple a couple days or a couple weeks. Yep. You know, so that's very exciting. Yeah, exactly. And for example, let's say if you, Nihal, or like, you know, anyone from the team, uh, even having a chat with the customer or like say Nihal is preparing for this, uh, you know, the, the content on the website or anything, you know, you guys doing, have always have the reflection of the understanding of, you know, why this is unique or why is this important. And also might add some points in, in, in your context while talking to the customer or anything, you know, it's like, why, why speak or why this product or why the public library? Because, you know, you're going to have also more, you know, fundamentally understanding of how the whole thing has been built. Because what happened, you know, when you visit, let's say any places, it, it does look beautiful from a friend, but you know, when you have understanding of how long does it take or, you know, what where the challenges came while building, you know, that architecture of, could be the, you know, the, the, the physical architecture, let's say. So then we understand the real value of that piece. So that's what uh, I, I, you know, I realized this week that I, I, I think so I need to, you know, walk you through guys like, okay, what does that internal architecture does look like? Of course, I think so. You're not gonna probably understand like hundred percent of it, but I believe you know based on both of you, like you know technical understanding, you're at least gonna understand like above average how does that looks like or the feel like. Uh, so that brings a lot of value, you know, when whenever you talk with other people. Uh, yeah. I I've, I've truly enjoyed like the process of 
you know, been able to connect with like either current customers or prospective customers and what the right, when they're the right sort of people to be able to even share what this is and the consequences of it without even necessarily showing a demo. Sometimes I've actually been able to show a demo when we've been doing some dev environments, like overall very positive response to it and definitely like this desire to use use it. So that makes, you know, feel good when we're putting this effort into product development that we're, we're driving something that is aligned with needs and should be able to create value. And I think, you know, again, we've seen this in the past where I'll use the embeddable recorder as the example, where it was like, we didn't know, I guess, just how much potential was in this sort of you know, little dysfunction. And then it's actually been a huge driver of business. And when people see it, then all of a sudden they're, you know, more and more. So we continue to ref like that. And that had a six month lag. So first of all, how can we shorten our lag time down because we have a bigger audience of people that we can share these details out, but how can we, you know, get prepared for, maybe this is just the beginning of a, uh, you know, a, a very valuable capability that more and more people are going to want to adopt. So um, I'm excited about that. I hope that, you know, just to wrap, you know, confine, sort of finalize this conversation of like, um, I hope this contributes to this sort of free trial uh, to conversion rate. You know, I hope this has an impact on our, on our, uh, you know, our, our, our bottom line of sort of software growth and MRR. And, um, you know, I do believe that it has that potential. And just one quick last insight to it. Um, that process, Nihal, going originally back was like, if you are planning on board, putting, creating, like I would say, an onboarding flow into your application, you have to, first of all, be very intentional, make sure it's completely functional and that there's no issues on there. And like that, again, like that setup is leading to a goal, both for your end user, probably that's more important than the end goal than what you're trying to accomplish. Like ours was sort of like, you know, force them to take a function in the app that we hope to create a value and collect data so that we can help group and organize them and make sure that we're, and in the end, what we've, we've seen more success from a, again, a, a signup rate when we just say, Hey, here's the playground, go explore iteratively what you're looking for. And then, and then grow based on that. So um, just a good lesson that we learned. I think we've talked about that uh, a few times, but uh, excited to, you know, have some of these product tours embedded and continue to grow there. So, okay, let's cap that conversation, Nihal, or anything else you're thinking on uh, on that part. Yeah, I mean, I guess just as a final point too, it's, um, I think not looking at these numbers necessarily as a, um, a hard success or failure, because I think the other thing we've, like a lot of it is like it fluctuates with changes you're making to the platform, changes you've made to your messaging. And also I think as you find better product market fit as well. Um, that, that, is, that is a huge contributor to your success, success rate from free trial to pay conversion. Because going back to the acquisition, you, know, uh, you, you try something, you build an acquisition channel, you realize that, okay, maybe the, these people that are coming in through this particular uh, acquisition channel or through these particular set of queries are maybe not quite the exact audience we're trying to hit. And it, it makes sense, right? Like if someone's coming in looking for, let's say, a free solution or looking for a very cheap transcription solution, like we aren't it, right? Like that, that's just not what our business is. But that gives us a, a platform and it builds context around our product where now we, we actually have this understanding of, okay, so we tried this thing. It's led to kind of awareness around the product. Great. So now that there's this awareness, how do we dive even deeper into these kind of more um, 
everyone's valuable, but I guess where we provide more value to these end users and these particular segments, because that's that's kind of what we've seen too with the people that have actually converted, like our our customers that have actually converted and use the platform very consistently today are they came in for let's say a very generic or a very baseline uh, query, um, and then some of them understood the the larger value that the platform provides and then integrated that into the workflow. And then the, the other side of that were the people that came in for very complex or more specific workflows that they were looking for. So I think product market fit and just finding the right audience is, is a huge contributor to that free trial to paid conversion rate as well. That, uh, you know, you, you don't really think of right off the bat. You're just like, oh, everyone that comes to, to our site is going to sign up for a plan. And then you realize that, oh, no, only very specific particular sets of clientele will actually uh, will actually convert at the end of the day. So that's that's interesting. You don't know if you like you don't necessarily want to dissuade signups because it's like, you know, someone types in I want to convert audio to text. Like that's still a valuable query that our system completes the function. Our, our hope is that we are actually then and I think this is our challenge too is, you know, in a very simplistic way saying that converting it to text is just the beginning. Here's how we layer value on, on top of them and then let them have those breakthroughs to realize, oh, this is not just that, you know, maybe there is a solution that uh, it is a free one and I can get my, my text file back, but here's all the additional value. And I get why they built this. I get why I should, you know, value it, why I should pay for it. And then like quickly that. So like, I listened to that, you know, the video you shared, um, Michael Simon, yeah, YC yeah. and sort of, it's like Stripe when they started, they were more expensive. Uh, than, than other companies. And, um, you know, so we've talked about that too. How do we become, you know, the premium, you know, a, a more premium version? Uh, and I've used sort of SEMrush or SEMrush, whatever, as like sort of to me a, a, a thing that I follow where it's like, I'm willing to pay for it because the insights are valuable. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Anyone to just continue that part, uh, you know, in that conversation when, when Stripe came to in the market, there, there were companies who are, you know, operating in that finance industry who are using the pay, you know, the payment processing system. The Stripe wasn't the new, right? So, I mean, of course, let's say in our segment, of course, there are companies who are operating, uh, you know, like the giant, like, of course, providing the chief transcription or other services in the different segments. Uh, but at the end of the day, if we keep, you know, providing and supporting or creating the value continuously uh, with some more, you know, the premium, uh, I would say the aesthetic changes that could also the brings the value at the end of the day. Uh, so I think it's in the it's of course at the same time of course creating the value, finding the product market fit, uh, but at the same time business consistency with the improvements, the innovations, the technology, technical support, uh, <laughs> all, all these things are as important as others. So because uh, I think I think to build off that, to people, you know, just because of the kind of pr prolific nature of certain unicorns and like oh, this innovative company is like, you know, raising $400 million or whatever. People forget the almost like service side in like SaaS, right? Like like software as a service. Like they, they, like at the end of the day, it's still a business that needs to be run. And sometimes just providing that more premium side of, um, of like being a service, right? Like let's take like dev shops or marketing agencies as an example. There, there's thousands of them. Right. But it's like the ones that that I guess become the cream of the crop tend to be the ones that master the craft, 
provide the most value in the most seamless way for the clients, even though there are other players in the game. So if, if we can, you know, we, we don't always need to be at the cutting edge of like try, trying to catch the next big wave. It's literally here are important jobs that need to be done and here are important things that people need to be done. And how do we deliver that experience to them uh, in the most seamless way, uh, which, which I, I think we're on track to do. Just a couple of quick, you know, things. The other part that is obvious to me, like one of those sort of paradigms in sales is like often people don't even sometimes respond for six to 12 touch points. So like also we talked about at the start of this episode, just like the consistency and for us to continue to have those touch points. And again, this funnel of awareness, okay, I've got a problem. Oh, I found speak. I can, and then all the way down to, oh, this is a, you know, an invaluable platform that I need to use. And it's also something that I've asked, you know, us to consider is like, why, if I don't start using this today, what are the, what are the negative, not negative is a tough word, but the consequences of not starting to embed this into your strategy. And just like two other quick things. It's like, I had a call yesterday, very serious um, call um, with a you know, person who, you know, uh, has had a lot of success in their career and is looking to build, um, you know, looking at using speak to you speak to sort of build out um, an offering that is already existent, but they're trying to automate more at more general stage using the, the recorder to capture sort of feedback. And he was like, at the end, it was like, again, very intense call. It's just like, sort of tell me, you know, why, you know, make sure, give me the confidence that I can be okay to invest the time and energy into your company. And really that came around, like, are you a growing company? If I invest this time and energy, are you going to be here in a year? Um, you know, are like, there, it was a very intense sort of question to ask and, you know, say, give me you know 30 seconds of why. And, but it's, it's true because someone like that, and as we go up, you know, not up, like, but like, as we start to deal with, I would say more higher, you know, enterprise customers or people who have a lot of risk that they're trying to de-risk or consequences for their business, they need to be confident that they can make that investment. And someone like that, their time is worth so much. It's not just the money, it's the time or it's the reputational risk or it's what are the consequences to their uh, network or career if something goes wrong. Like that all came together in this very intense call where it's like, they're not just investing in the product as it is today. They're investing in the team, they're investing in the growth, the future and all that. And I think sometimes even that's what we've talked about and said, when do we, when do we stop building? Um, but you know, because it, it, it's like, the, <laughs> yeah, this is the technical, I mean, te technological little product. So, yeah, if, if that's something like the construction business or like you know, providing any hardware service for the houses or something like that, of course, you know, you can stop building after three years and go some, yeah, do something else. Uh, but when it's like the core technical product little business, if 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 you're gonna stop building, I, I. I mean, we heard before, it's like, are you gonna stop building? But uh, yeah. that's gonna just kill the business at the end of the day yeah. uh, uh, to me. I mean, of course, the, again, like, you know, the different technical business runs differently. You just cannot make one fundamental concept and, and you know, connect to all the businesses. They all run differently. I just had a discussion with uh, one of my close relative and, uh, you know, he, he, he works in the payment processing company at very large scale. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, I asked him one question to him uh, today about, uh, okay, are you the technical lead product or are you business lead product, right? So uh, the, the company he works for, they acquired 10 different companies. 
So actually the question started where, uh, have you been in any technical conversations where any acquisitions of the company happen, right? So what I wanted to understand, like, okay, this technical leads product like us, when they get acquired or when we acquired someone, how that process looks like on the technical perspective. And, uh, you know, he had the same perspective about, okay, we are like the business lead product. The technology comes second, the speak is the technical real product where the technical part comes first. No one's gonna sign up because you are running or working in the age market for last 20 years. You just started, right? And they're operating from last 25 years. So that changed a lot of perspective. Of course, the fundamentals we heard before, it's like, oh, I mean, that, on that point, yeah, it's like, I think so it's just gonna kill the product uh, because you, if, if you stop, improvising or if you stop doing uh, what customer asking for, like how you can sustain in the market. Yeah. And to, to, to follow up to that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but it's a thing that we've all been accustomed to. We're always looking for the shiny new object or the, the innovation that pushes me. Yeah. The, the innovation that allows me to have a competitive advantage over the people who are not using this technology. And the other part of it is if you're a developer or you're a technical led team and you have, and you have developers on your team and they don't get to work with new technology and help deploy changes and innovate, why are you there as a developer? You know what I mean? What That's not the part of why you get into build and create and you learn all these skills is to not continue to push the envelope there. So from a recruiting perspective, I've been just reading about that a lot of just like this idea of like, if you don't allow people to come to your team and make a contribution to the product and innovate, they're just going to go somewhere else where they can do that. And um, it's very obvious. One, one part that I wanted to, you know, quickly touch on here too, which is in a way, you know, like Nihal, we talked about sort of like 3000 users and sometimes, you know, that might seem like a small number compared to say, you know, we, of course we see VC backed companies who go from zero to a billion users in six months and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but as we've sort of seen this market correction that's taken place, what now all the money all a bunch of money has been taken out of risk stocks where people have these like completely overvalued sort of PE or like they're not P like a PE ratio where it's like, they're only making this much revenue, but they're, you know, they're a hundred times that. And it's like, now when you get into a situation like this, you start to look more at the fundamentals of the business or will people actually pay for the product? And although we've, you know, um, you know, it'd be nice if we had, you know, 250,000 people on the application, if those 250,000 people on the application, no one's willing to pay for it or anything, then we end up in a, we end up in a tight spot. So I, I like from an early stage that we have built in, we built in pricing, we've built in payments, people have validated that they're willing to pay for the platform. And so if we say we get access to more capital, if we continue to scale up, we're not then trying to start from scratch on how to get people to pay or generate revenue. We've already proven that that's a pattern that people are willing to value the platform. So just, you know, uh, as we continue to be, you know, happy and excited about that, that we've proven worth through actually people taking their hard-earned money and giving it to us because of a, a software uh, platform that's been built. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's interesting too, because, you know, you speak of venture funding and there's so many, companies that are funded even like pre-revenue like they're literally funded on the basis of an idea um which which is fine i mean uh, you know you take risks when you're a vc sometimes uh, to kind of shoot for that moonshot but i think one thing that's interesting for us now is 
especially since we have a revenue stream and we've seen success where clients are willing to pay. I think one point that's very easy for us to speak to when talking to VC funds or you know, just anyone that wants to invest in general is if they ask, you know, where do you, like, who do you plan to sell to? Or like, where do you plan to grow your revenue? Like our, our positioning isn't, oh, you know, like we'll use your funding to find the, those markets. Like the, the, the message is more about, we know who we want to go after. We just need the, the, you know, the capital to invest in systems that let us do that. Right. So it's like, you know, right now we're operating at, let's say, you know, 10% capacity for outreach, like operations, but you know, we get X amount from you and we can multiply that by 10 X. So, you know, we're, our, we're instead of reaching out to hundred people a week, now we can reach out to a thousand. Right. And that's where we're going to kind of multiply our success rate, multiply how we actually like you see where we find success or not and kind of grow from there. Um, so I, I think that's, that's a really important part about where we are and how we maybe differ from some other uh, seed or pre-seed companies as well, where we, we actually, <laughs> we're making money uh, while a lot of other companies are still, you know, it's, it's not that they don't have a good product, but a lot of them are probably still in that we need this money to keep us afloat. Right. Uh, versus we are at the, at the stage where it's like, we need this money to grow versus just sustain what we currently have. So I think that's, to me, that should sound like an exciting proposition for anyone looking to invest. And hopefully we can, you know, make, make that, that positioning a lot more clear as well. Yep. Actually, actually at the same time, it also comes with a lot of scrutiny uh, on you (laughs) and on your product, Uh, because let's say if you have, you know, the paying customer, uh, that does come with uh, a lot of other questions, at least 10, I would say, you know, what's your trend rate? What's your, uh, it's like, uh, you know, where, where you are trending in like the next five years, what are the next, what are the product pipeline looks like? And uh, so, yeah, <laughs> it just goes like, on and on. W- w- so, I mean, along those lines, would you say that it's almost easier to be pre-revenue? Like if, if, if the idea clicks? And there's... So there's a, you're here now, you just cut up for a second. We heard everything now, but like, there's a meme, I think I shared it probably in fundraising a while ago, that's what I know. So it was like how to get a, what is it? A, a billion dollar valuation on a company. And it was like, <laughs> no revenue, no products, you know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, customers, right. Cause imagination, you know, imagination of what's possible is actually easier sometimes once you start to get some signals from number to then make it add up in your head. Right. And you know, it's, it's interesting because I, you know, I obviously talk to investors, you know, quite a bit and some are just poking around and interested in, you know, um, one of the things that we often see is that like there's companies that are, like there are firms that are pre-seed seed and it's like, they're the idea is that you need to have some validation. And sometimes people would rather see, I would say 10 customers in beta testing, not even necessarily paying uh, then, you know, the, I would say the stage that we're at, the stage that I see we are at, people generally want to see us hit 1 million, that 1 million ARR mark. And I find like, whether that's a, a mental, you know, uh, thing, that's just a best practice across the space, because then once you hit that, sig- you know, that's a signal that you can, you can take it from 1 million to 10 million. Like, uh, it, it's been very interesting to, to go through that process. And there's been companies that are like have had success and they've actually like split off another incorporation with no 
revenue and no product to then go and raise funds because they've using that to their advantage. So it's like, it's again, a very interesting um, space. I think in general, though, as I sort of said this morning, as I looked at some financials for the year, it's like, and I said this at the start of the call, uh, Vatsa wasn't there. It's just like, we, we're not starting from scratch. You know what I mean? Like it's already a baseline of, of, of a business that's already ready. And like, I've listened to the all, all, all in, you know, that not all in, sorry, this week in startups. And it's like businesses that are, you know, businesses that are profitable rarely fail or die. At the very least, you know, if someone, if you lose engagement or interest in it, someone else is going to want to take a crack at it. So they'll, you know, acquire it and you'll get a premium because you're, you know, you're profitable there. Um, I had one other thing that I was going to say about that. But uh, anyways, it's I like, it's nice to see that we're trending in the right direction. It's just now all these other little mechanisms that we're pulling, whether it's pricing or optimization, or again, just turning the engine of let's get more people in and put them through this funnel and continue to improve. So it's a, again, a different spot or time that we're in now. Um, and it also brings different needs to prioritize and focus on too. So I'm sensing a shift in all of our roles here as we move forward this year. Whew. Um, anything else i guess that's all we had a couple of topics we didn't touch on everything but we had a really good discussion here anything that you want we got a couple minutes left that uh, we want to talk about while we're all here uh, i didn't come with any specific uh, i think the upcoming changes could be exciting if you want to talk a bit about that so the so only thing is like I'm not sure how much you have already you know covered or you have already talked about. Uh, so uh, let me know or let you know. No, we haven't talked about any of it. Yeah. We haven't talked. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, the upcoming changes uh, probably we are releasing tomorrow. Uh, that's the goal to release before thirty first, uh, and uh, you know have that uh, marketing and email campaigns uh, going starting next month. I mean, starting next week. Uh, the one change we are making, you might have heard a couple of times about this, this folder management and why, why that is important uh, to the customer. Uh, and also, not, it, it, is not about the, it is not about the folder, it's not about the functionality at the end, it is more about the ease of the use or as a user, they have 15,000 media sitting in their account. And if they want to filter out by the tag, of course, they need to look at search for, and it does took a lot of time for them to use even use the platform, which says at some point on the website called the media management platform, right? So to justify that, to honor that, to give that access to the customer, this is that's why uh, this change uh, is important. It's not the functionality what's going live. Uh, so that's that's the that's the main piece. Uh, another piece uh, which sounds uh, very minor. Uh, but, uh, you know, we had a lot of uh, mental challenges with that was the dashboard design or when a first time user comes, what does that look like? Uh, uh, it, uh, you know, we had this, uh, the blank cards, uh, when you when you come on the platform, says nothing found, uh, but what does that mean to them has no make sense. Uh, so just removing that piece from the, you know, from the UI and giving an ability to just normal information uh, as a normal user you signed up. That's also, in my view, that gives the confidence and brings the value to, to, at the end of the day, because you're not just looking at the white paper, you're looking at what means to you when you come on the platform that, oh, thank you, I have 60 minutes free, I'll make sure I utilize that. Or, you know, something like in, in that perspective. 
the third connect third point I would say is this uh, we call it the explore inside page where you have this amazing analytics. Uh, if you want to set a screen, it's up to you. Uh, but you know, it, it, we are changing the word cloud. We change the the you know the different graphs uh, with the new library. And uh, again, it is not about changing the library, changing adding the more cards. It's more about what brings when you go to the Explore Insight page. Uh, so that's very exciting. And just quickly, uh, the Cerebral Media Library we talk quite a bit, uh, you know, in that direction. But we might can have a, uh, you know a special discussion. Uh, because that it has its own value in that uh if you guys want to add anything yeah no i think we'll we'll, we'll push this to uh production and then we'll because uh, i also don't want to share our dev environment uh, but uh we'll uh we'll uh um we'll walk through this and not just obviously from a technical sort of demo but um why this is valuable and why why this is important why this isn't yep. uh you know just a change so i'm i'm really excited i think this puts us on another sort of trajectory this year and allows us to have you know a whole set of new conversations and um sort of value propositions for the people who are both using our system today or but also why someone would want to adopt this system um so uh, there was one other quick thing I wanted to uh, just touch on that I thought was hilarious. And it was like a, what am I trying to do? So I just I shared that post yesterday about um, sort of like a tip when, you know, trying to extract value from language data. And I said, like, you know, go beyond keywords. So it's like you go three or more keywords strung in a row, um, then all of a sudden it's, you know, there's likely more meaning from it. And so I, I share that credit, but then it could become credit card, could become credit card charge. And then if you go forwards, it's fraudulent credit card charges. And then so a developer who followed me on LinkedIn said, oh, I love n-grams. Um, you know, which is like the technical, you know, the technical, what this is technically. And I hadn't, I hadn't, I mean, like, as soon as he said it, like, oh, of course, but I hadn't even, you know, thought of it at that level. And it was also like the same technical process explained, you know, to me, I was just trying to, you know, share that out with anyone who's approaching this from like a non-technical perspective um was um you know it was completely completely different and if i had started talking about n-grams on my linkedin post i would have probably alienated about 80 percent of my audience like the audience who would have saw that besides the, the developers right and just i don't know it was just like a moment of uh simplicity and clarification and what audience that you're talking to and how they would receive the exact same message like you know non-developer was like oh that's cool developer oh and grants you know what i mean like that was i just had a really hilarious sort of moment uh with that yesterday and uh, you know i think we're continuing you know talked about it at the start continuing to try to help people who are not necessarily uh, technical or developers understand how to do this and give them an interface to do it. And that, that to me is a very beautiful mission and one that I'm excited that we're on. So appreciate you, you know, helping this and for us to it continue. Has, it has three categories with the n-gram, you know, it, it usually go with the unigram. So you start with the one word and dividing the sentence. The second is like, you know, the by and the third is the try. So it's like, you can go up to three words. So you put the example with that, uh, with that specific categories. So that's how it belongs to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, um, uh, I guess, okay. So we're at the end of time. I think that's good. That was a good fun discussion about appreciate you joining that. So it's our 50th episode. So we did a little reflection at the start of that about what this means to, you know, 50, 50 episodes of this. Um, uh, and, you know, how do we make it better? How do we continue? How do we distribute this information in a more meaningful way? All those things that come along with, wow, we spent a lot of time here talking and sharing and yeah. learning together.
I think so. That, you know, the time is correct. I would say, what does that mean? Is you know, it brings at the right time. So we are also going to release this media library. Uh, you know, reaching a milestone of every podcast and connecting those two points and putting some insights out there. See what you know. We all have personally, and we all grow quite a lot uh, from these all fifty. It's a fifty hours, right? At the end, it's quite a bit. Uh, and uh, seeing, you know, what what were the questions we were asking in the first podcast, twenty fifth and fiftieth. Uh, I think so. I'm, I'm excited to see that. Like, you know, what were the questions as as an individual? Uh, we're talking about the points we are discussing and putting in that with respect to the time that shows the value of you know what you have personally learned what you have said uh to the listeners and like you know who, are, who everyone's who's following us and now I, I can't help but not you know say this but uh like the one thing you talked about too uh that's always that's the folder structure and like the folder structure is in a way it's <laughs> it's a way that we have a mental model about storing media but it's it's more what it's enabling that is valuable here and one of the things that we've talked about is this idea of like comparison um or you know understanding you know one sort of library in a context to another library and how much meaning that unlocks and really our goal here is to unlock meaning for people and I had the same experience with lauren today um, Lauren did the weekly presentation and he sort of showed, okay, here's how many signups we had this week. But I was like, but how many did we have last week? What, you know, is, are we trending positively or negatively, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm, I'm excited for now with this configuration, how much more meaning can be unlocked for people. Um, and just that, so, so that I couldn't help by, uh, but uh, talk about that a little bit. So Neil, anything else from you, sir? Beautiful. Okay, you've got your uh, you've got your furniture. I'm happy. That's uh, uh, all. Appreciate you again joining. This is the end of the 50th episode, and appreciate anyone who's joined us along the journey. Um, 50 episodes, almost 3,000 users, and a lot of good stuff coming here in 2022. Beautiful. All right. All right. Thanks, Thanks so much. Sure.